0: Good morning, Crossroads Community Church. It is so great to see you guys. Um, can we thank our worship team this morning for just an amazing time that we were able to sing together? Let's celebrate our tech team in the back as well. Come on, they're doing a great job back there, man. I'm sure I'm sure what was just piercing to your ears was just uh, Jamie's way of having fun with me. Uh, appreciate it. Love that guy. Love that family. Got to sit with them at a Troy football game last night, and if you don't... If you've never been to a Troy football game with Joyce or any of the Gray family members, they're amazing. They know everyone in like a four square block. Um, Something about band families and, and, and listen, band parents are probably the most fun parents to sit around. They know all the songs, all the dances. They do them with the band and they embarrass their kids, which at this stage of my life I'm always about as well. So learning some things, it's a lot of fun. Um, But man, had a great time, and and if I've not not told you guys personally or even corporately, um, man, my family, we are loving serving here at Crossroads. Y'all have been an amazing body uh, to be around, and so um, I just want to share that. If I ever forget that, slap me in the back of the head. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, if I ever forget that, because you guys are an amazing body of people, and I, I just, I love it here. It's been amazing. Uh, amazing couple of months and so you've been so gracious to our family and I mean I'm gonna make tons of mistakes which I probably already have and it shows the grace and mercy that you have you haven't called me out on it that's so good thank you feel free to do that when you can so today we're gonna be jumping continuing our series in bear fruit um, that Robert started that is an amazing logo right is that not just great my son wrote down fruity bear when he saw that that's just you know the mind of a teenager but as we, as we look at that, as we continue this series and we walk, it is our calling, it is our life as, as followers of Christ to bear fruit. We find that in John 15 where Jesus writes to us, we remain in him, Why? Because we will bear much. We will go through things. We're going to look at that just a little bit later on as we continue. But as we look in Jonah today, in, in order for us to bear fruit, if we build off what Pastor Robert shared with us last week and we look to this week, we, we need to understand that God is going to speak to us and he's going to speak clearly. And in order for us to bear fruit and continue on this journey, we must hear him clearly. And I don't know about you guys. Maybe you're like me. I struggle with communication. Any communication people struggle? I got one guy in the back because the rest of you aren't listening. You struggle that much too. See, we're in this together. I struggle so, so, so much with communication. I want to share with you how much I struggle with communication. And before you get upset with me, I did ask her permission to share this. Carla and I oftentimes will text each other and communicate, right? Anybody else? Do you communicate through text with your spouse? Y'all aren't even listening at all. Thank you. Thank you. Can I just talk to you? (laughs) So so we communicate through text messages, and um, I will will read her message to me, and then I will read my response to her. And you tell me where, where she went wrong. I'm kidding, where I went wrong. Okay. Pay attention. Thinking about supper tonight, we can either have spaghetti with meat sauce and a salad or I will need to go to the grocery store and find the items to make for a meal we had back in 2003 right after Ben was two. And I was working on my master's degree. Can you believe that was 17 years ago? I was thinking, uh, I'm thinking it's going to rain. And Avery needs some notebook paper for her binder. I'll be leaving my office in two hours. See if we need toilet paper or charcoal for the grill. I love you. You're the best husband a wife could ever ask for. I I put that in there. She didn't say (laughs) that. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) this is great. Here's my reply. Okay. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm like tear. This is our communication. Do you remember the questions she asked me? Does anybody remember the questions? Okay. Or charcoal and toilet paper. And, and notebook paper, like, I'm getting all this information, and all I can muster is, okay. Because you know what I read? Thinking about supper. Me too. <laughs> like, I just, that's all I got. I, communication is weird. It is the weirdest thing ever. I just, I read quickly, fastly. If you ask me a question on something, I go, I don't know, I'm going to have to read it. It's probably going to be a month. Brandon, what do you think this paragraph means? No idea. Give me six weeks. Because I, my initial reaction is going to be, okay. Like, I don't, and then I get the, you didn't answer my question. I'm like, well, there, first of all, it wasn't one. <laughs> There's 900 things in here. There's so much going on with communication. Jeff Foxworthy tells this joke, and it's amazing. I love this. If you've heard this, just act like it's the first time. If you haven't, this is great. He says, one morning I received this text message from a close friend. and It reads, pray for Dale and Judy. They were just in a wreck. His wife is standing there, so he reads it to her. How bad were they hurt? I don't know. It just says to pray for Dale and Judy. They were in a wreck. Were the kids with them? I don't know. It just has to pray for Dale and Judy, they were in a wreck. What hospital they're in? I don't know. It just says to pray for Dale and Judy, they were just in a wreck. How bad was the car hurt? I don't know. It just says to pray for Dale and Judy, they were in a car wreck. Were the other people in the wreck hurt? I don't know. It just says to pray for Dale and Judy, they were in a car wreck. Well, what do you know? I know we need to pray for Dale and Judy. They were in a car wreck. Like, and this is not the speech on how to communicate in marriage. Okay, this is really about our communication upward to God. But just right, we just receive things and we we process things weirdly. And here's the thing I know, as much as I will struggle, <laughs> and it's my struggle with communication from my wife, and obviously Jim, I mean Jeff and his wife, when God speaks to us, it is a clear voice. And sometimes it's like communication mix-up, but sometimes it's complete avoidance to him talking. We will just ignore the fact that God is speaking to us. So let's draw our attention now to Jonah 1, 1 through 3. Open your Bibles. It'll be on the screens too. We'll look at this together. I'm going to put my cell phone up so I don't mess up communication. But we're going to look at this together. And then we're also going to parallel it with Jonah 3, 1 through 3 very quickly. And we're just going to gather a few things as we continue to bear fruit together. All right? So let's read this. Jonah 1, 1 through 3. Bible reads this way. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for the, their evil has come upon, come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down to it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. All right? What do we see there? A clear statement from God to go and do something to his prophet, to his speaker, to go specifically to a city. Flip your page or look over, Jonah 3, 1 through 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, and look at this sentence, okay, look at this sentence with me. It's the same words. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, call out against it the message that I tell you. He's already told him once, right? Here's the difference in these two passages. Jonah's response. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. We see a specific call from God to his servant, the one who's following him, the one who's preaching, his prophet, to go and to do, to go and preach. Just go do it. And he goes, did you say go to a beach? Because I'm going to go this way. You said go rest. You said go vacation. Have some respite. I work so hard. And God says, just, you know, and, and if you know the story of Jonah, you know everything he goes through to get to the point where he obeys. That's another sermon. But just these two passages is so, so strong in our lives to, to know this, that as a follower of Jesus, someone who has faith in God, he is going to give you something specific to do. He's going to tell you to go and do something, and here's what I've learned of 25 years of ministry and 30 years of being a believer. Most of the time, I don't want to do it. God's going to tell me to do something, and most of the time, I'm going to go, call me later. (laughs) Or it's a text message message from God. I'm just going to ignore that one for a while. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to pay attention. I'm just going to kind of do my thing, see if he forgets about it. Obviously, in this passage, as we look at this character, we look at this context in this text, God doesn't forget. He gives us a specific command to go and do something. He wants us to do it. He intends for us to do it, and he just doesn't go, well, he's not going to. I'll find somebody else. Well, she's avoiding me, so I guess I'll I'll worry with somebody else to do this. God has a specific calling to our life, and he, he gives it to us. Here's a couple things we need to realize in this, is that in order for us to continue to bear fruit, we need to know God's voice. As a follower of him, he is going to make it very clear to us who he is. Our first reaction to to Jesus when he says, I want to save you is, yes, I want you to save me and I want to follow you. Like we understand that reaction that we have to him going, do you want me? Yes, we hear his call in our life. So that is clear, but we have to know his voice and it's very clear. Jonah knew the voice of God. It didn't say he heard this voice and went, well, who's talking to me? He knew it. He chose not to obey it. He was a prophet. And in, honestly, in, if you look at all the prophets of the Old Testament, Jonah's not a great guy. He's not a great prophet. I mean, his legacy of the past, if you dig deep into him, is he, he really was kind of like a scoundrel of a prophet. It's amazing to me that he was even written about. But his story is so powerful because as much as we want to rag on him, bag on him, talk about him, when we look at our lives, even compared to him as followers, we're probably a lot closer to him. We probably align more with his life of disobedience and, and just complete lack of respect and hearing of God's voice in our life. And so we avoid, we ignore, because we, we, we think we hear, we ah, I know his voice, but I'm just going to avoid it. And so we have to ask ourselves this question, how do we truly know that God's speaking to us? If we know his voice, we will distinctly know what he is saying and what he's calling us to do. And in that, it's always going to line up with Scripture And the second thing is this, we have to trust God's voice. Number one, know it. Number two, trust his voice. I think this is where we get to the crossroads, really, of Jonah's life. I hear you, but I don't want to go there because I don't like those people. It's unsafe. They're not going to receive me. Why would you call me? I don't think I'm the right guy. I'd rather go on vacation. Jonah had a trust issue with God. I want you to look at this, this graphic that I have. I want you to see how far of a trust issue Jonah had with God. Can you guys get that map for me? Do you see? You kind of get an idea what this is. If you look at where Nineveh is located, that's like, you know, modern-day Iraq in that area. And it says he was in that area, and he went about 550 miles to the southwest of Joppa. So I don't know where you are sometimes in your life and you're like, hey, I'm just gonna get away from God. I'm gonna go into the other side of the house (laughs) when I hear his voice. Or I'm gonna drive to, you know, I'm gonna drive to Louisiana because God's voice doesn't exist there at all. You know, whatever it is. But you just think, I'm gonna go far away. He went 550 miles away and guess what? It said, still not far enough. Gets on a boat Headed for Tarshish, which is like beautiful water, it's sunny, it's 30A, right? It's where we all want to go. Let's just go to the beach, it'll be great, no worries. Kick back. One of my friends put on there, uh, she had a picture of the beach, someone I worked with years ago, and she said, uh, not adulting today. And I said, well, are you just going to lay around kidding? Like, I didn't understand so I thought it was funny. And so anyway, I put that on there because she just lay in there and that's what we think of the beach. He went over 3,000 miles away from where he was called to go. Again, we, we kind of lay our life next to him and go, oh, not that bad. I went 50 miles. I went to Walmart. <laughs> like, I didn't, but I didn't go 3,000 miles away. He wanted so, to get so far away from what God called him to do. He was willing to pay tons of money on a boat. I mean, we're not talking we're not talking like the Royal Caribbean of the seas boat. We're we're tiny wooden I'm going away. I don't trust the voice of God. I don't want to do this. It's a scary thing for us when we know God's voice but we don't trust his voice. Because, yeah, here's the honesty. He's going to call us to do things we don't want to do. He's going to put us in situations where we go, I am fearful of this. If we think even our job, if we think about where he's placed us in our career, a lot of times it's like, I really don't want to be here. It's dark. I remember one time I was called to go. I mean, I, I didn't see this for years later, but I worked in a, in a uh, fabric warehouse where all these furniture companies were buying fabric from. I mean, seriously, we got stuff in from India, and I got a bite on my arm from a scorpion. I was just like, what is this? I go to the doctor, and it's like, you have a scorpion bite. Take this medicine for leprosy. And I'm like, that doesn't exist. But I am in Mississippi, so sure. It was scary. It was the weirdest thing ever. But I remember talking to Carla And I remember talking to some friends of mine that were encouraging me, and I said, I feel like I am a matchstick in a warehouse of darkness because there were some wicked, evil things going on in this place. I did not want to go to work. I did not want to be there. I did not want to be doing what I was doing. But God called me there because it provided for my family. And he needed someone in a very, very dark place to share his light. And it was hard. It was hard to be in a break room and have a Bible open where everything else around me is ungodly. It was hard to work where all the language is, is just not encouraging. As a man, as a grown man, to be told how garbage you are, you don't know what you're doing. It was just difficult. But man, God used it. It was, just, it was just insane to be able to do it. So he's going to call That's one area of my life. He's going to call us into some really weird situations. So we'll hear him because we know him. The question for each of us is do we trust him? Do we trust him when we hear him to go and to, and to just do that, just to be the match? We don't produce the light. We, just, we get to reflect his light. We could be the moon, actually, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families. So well, you never know where we are. But we get the opportunity to reflect his light. And I love it when people go, what are you doing here? I have no idea. I have no idea. Can I blow your mind? God told me to come here. And then they just scream and run away from you. And you just chase them. i whatever you do, but it's just weird because when we trust him, man, like that's, that's it, right? That's the intersection, that's where you know, hey, I'm in, he's got me and I'm going because he told me and he never said it was gonna be easy. He never said I was gonna get a million dollars for doing this. In fact, he said, guess what? If you follow me, people are gonna hate you. They're gonna throw things at you. They're gonna cuss you. They're gonna say horrible things about y- who you are and you all your high school friends will remember what you did and they're gonna make fun of you. But then they're going to ask you to do their wedding. Most likely they're going to ask you to do their marriage counseling too. It's all this crazy stuff that he calls us into. And when we trust him, we don't have to worry about the outcome. We don't have to worry about the circumstances that we are in because our trust and faith is in him. So we need to know his voice, guys, to trust him. And lastly, we need to obey God's voice this is where Jonah finally gets it and we know his story right gets on the boat storm come all these great you know men of navy in this area they know how to traverse rough water they know what storms are and these guys are really like I don't really know what's going on this is the worst storm we have ever seen heard of like did your grandfather talk about storms like this Do we know this is pretty bad and he's like if you'll just throw me over Sit down, little boy. <laughs> like, no, we're we're gonna worship our gods. We're gonna throw stuff over, tear clothes. We're gonna cast lots. We're gonna we're gonna find some other. Where's the where's the new guy? Where's the greenhorn? Let's throw him in the water. We're gonna figure something out, and nothing works. Nothing works. And then after that, we get to, he, he gets he gets eaten by this fish. He lays there. He begins to pray. He begins to. I mean, just God, whatever, just whatever, right? He now he's like, I get it, I get it. I knew your voice. I should have trusted you, but man, I'm gonna obey you. And the fish does what it does. He lits on the beach, and he goes. He goes. I don't know how far into the sea he was when all this happened. I don't know where he was. I have to imagine he was still pretty close to Joppa, but he was trying to get 3,000 miles away. And he just goes that 550-mile trek right back to Nineveh. I'm going. I'm going in. Because now he is obeying God's word. The rest of the story goes on with him and he just gets angry. We're not even going to get into that part. We're just going to stay right here in this beautiful text because I think this is the intersection for us. To ask ourselves the questions: what has God really called us to do that we're either avoiding, we're ignoring, we're, we're, we're closing our, our eyes, we're putting our fingers in our ears and going la, 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 like, you know, just whatever we can do. We're drowning it out with music. I'll be at worship music. I'll listen to, I'll listen to Ricky sing and I'll just sing and that way I don't have to hear God. Beautiful thing, horrible excuse. Because he's calling us to trust him, to to know him, to obey him. John 10, 27. I love this passage. Because here we we understand and we see and we hear clearly what Jesus says. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I love this guarantee from Jesus about, about knowing, trusting, and obeying. Because what we see in the Old Testament is, I hear your voice, I'm going to obey. But what we see here is Jesus' guarantee, right? My sheep, and Jesus is God, my sheep hear my voice. They, 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 they hear me. They know me. And guess what? And I know them. He knows us. He knows when his sister or his brother call out. And we're frustrated and we don't understand and we're tired. Or on the other side, we're rejoicing because we did obey in the midst of the horrible, horrible circumstances. God, I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm wounded, I'm hurt, but thank God, I listened, I obeyed. This is the greatest blessing of my life. He hears us. God what? Because they follow me. He is gentle. He is calm. When we hear his voice, he's distinct, he's reassuring. Jesus doesn't scream at us. God didn't scream at Jonah. He got his attention, but he didn't scream at him. He didn't beat him up in the process. In John 15, which you know is just kind of one of our mantra verses in this church. And Jesus constantly reminds us that Jesus, he says to himself, I am in you. You remain where? In me. Like this, this is a marriage. We are together, and I'm not separating from you, is what Jesus says. He has given us all the guarantee. The guarantee of eternal life, the guarantee of love, the guarantee of mercy, grace, acceptance, the guarantee that I'm going to put you in situations you just don't want to be in, but I'm going to guarantee I have called you to do it. I have equipped you to do it. You have everything inside of you to fulfill this. You have everything that you need right inside of you. Why? Because I gave you the Holy Spirit. I gave him, I placed him inside of you. He's there. You got this. Do you believe me? Will you listen? Will you follow? Will you obey? And I'll take care of the outcome. My goodness. So yeah, his voice is distinct. And his reminder, we're his. He's ours. And he knows us. He does know you. And I'll make this this intersection here too. But if you don't know him as your savior, he doesn't know you. He doesn't. And right now, I guarantee you that some of you sitting in this space, maybe even later on if you happen to listen to it again, like me, communication, right? Going to have to listen to it, read it, read it. But you'll go, hey, I, I, I don't know Jesus. He's never spoken to me. This whole thing I'm doing is just an act. And you have to ask yourself this question, well, if that's the case and you're living, you're breathing, who are you living for? What are you living for? I don't ever enjoyed the question of, if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? Well, that's pressure. How am I going to die? What's going to happen? What do you know? You know something I don't? Should I drive my car? I definitely shouldn't walk under this piano. If you're living, who are you living for? And secondly, who is living in you? And today, you can know Jesus. You can know his voice. You can begin the steps to trusting him. And guess what? Through trusting him, you will begin to obey him. And it's a beautiful picture that I feel a majority of us have experienced in our life and leaned into. And so if you have those questions, we would love to speak with you. Whether it's during this time while Ricky's going to begin to lead us, or if it's after when, when we're leaving and going to our life groups or we're leaving to go to lunch, I will be here to speak to you. There are other people on our staff, our deacons. We're around to speak and share with you. Don't miss that call in your li- that's happening in your life. Don't miss Jesus you can know him, and I promise you, you can trust him, and you can obey him to the greatest joy of your life. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you for, ser- for your servants, men and women, all throughout this scripture, teenagers, all throughout this scripture that have heard clearly your voice in their life. And their testimony sometimes is that of, of not trusting you at first. Showing us that, God, that's, that's our life too. And the words that continue to show us, God, their obedience to you. You remind us in your word that you, our obedience is so much better than a sacrifice. That's what you're calling us to, God. If we're going to bear fruit, the life of a believer lived in and through Jesus Christ, that we must obey you. So, would you call us into a response of that even right now? God, maybe this word is going to take us a while to think through it and to process it. Maybe there are a few more Brandon style people in the room, and that's okay. You still love me. Eventually I get it. Because you're patient. You're loving. You're kind. Pray that this morning your spirit moves freely and continues to remind us of that. Lead us into a time now, Father, where we deal directly with you. That you pierce into our hearts. You listen as we speak to you. Even from our heart. Our mouth may not move, but our heart and our mind are speaking God, we need you. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you for all things. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.